What is up guys? My name is Chris and today I introduce you to the inaugural episode of none other than Life and Stuff where I talk about none other than a life and stuff. <laughs> Probably wondering who is this clown and what 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 sort of life things and stuff things might he be talking about. Well hey, Buckle up your seatbelt, and let's chit-chat. <laughs> um, the goal of this show is to, I said it as a joke, but quite honestly, just talk about random shit going on in my life, and also just to talk about random stuff that I might come across. I like to do a lot of web uh, browsing, per se. So I come across a, a lot of random things. Now, all of these things can vary, so I'm not going to try and put myself in a box. Instead, I'm just going to talk about life and stuff. <laughs> so with that in mind, let's get to it. I'm going to start out with life. Uh, lately, I've been, and it's kind of interesting, I'm actually about to graduate college I'm still trying to figure out what is what is my next phase, what's my next chapter. And sometimes it can be hard to do so. And you guys might not know, well, you guys don't know much about me, but I am uh, I'm definitely an individual who thinks a lot. I, I do <laughs> admittedly think a lot, can definitely invoke some some choice paralysis from time to time. But I'd like to think a lot of my thinking is productive. So when it comes to trying to figure out the next chapter in, in my life post-graduation, um, I try and figure out what's best for me and not just try and imitate what other people are, are doing. And um, in doing so, it, it's, it's a very risky mindset because in doing so, uh, I separate myself from from the crowd but i lose the comfort of having uh people's almost life blueprints um taken away from me because i can't just copy those you know i kind of i want to do my own thing i want to do the thing that that makes me uh that makes chris the happiest not what makes my peers the happiest or my teachers or um, my mom, or my siblings, or my girlfriend, or, or anyone. Um, so it can be kind of a long process to, to think about for me. Um, but with that in mind, uh, my, my next step, my next goal in life uh, at the moment is I think I'm going to try and design some software. Yeah, bold words. <laughs> um, it, the idea of designing software just seems to check a lot of boxes for me. Um, you know, you guys, like I said, you guys don't know much about me, but as a little summary of my of myself, if you will. Uh, I am, 
I enjoy data analytics. I think the idea of painting pictures from various data sets is very interesting. I recently engaged in a, a project where I was um, evaluating uh, user-based or user-created uh, cryptocurrency trading strategies. And I was evaluating those strategies with market data and creating Python programs to facilitate that process. And I just thought it was very meaningful. I thought it was engaging. I thought it was genuinely interesting. And, uh, you know, it might sound like an exaggeration or a cliche, but it's like stuff like that where I find uh, genuine enjoyment. It makes me feel alive, you know? It makes me feel like a person who's who's doing the thing that matters to them. So when given the choice of chasing the thing that makes me feel alive versus not, it's risky, but I, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. So the goal is to create some software that's focused on data analytics, but combining that with a a niche video game. A lot of you probably heard of it. It's called League of Legends. Myself, I have played that game um, less lately, but in terms of my my career, I've played it uh, for the past, I'd like to say eight years since I was a freshman in high school. So my, maybe a little bit more than eight, eight years, actually. It might be coming about to be a... Uh, around the decade mark, which is kind of crazy, but, and I, I don't think League of Legends is a passion at this point. Um, League of Legends is honestly a pretty toxic uh, game, and I definitely want to separate myself from it, and I'm doing a good job of doing that, actually. Um, but I figured in terms of an expertise and a value add, this is something that I know a lot about, and not just from playing the game, but also, I'm a decently high rank in the game. Um, so I figured I could leverage my my expertise alongside my proficiency in in data analytics, but also that combined, those two things combined with my, my mindset of um, trying to chase my passions and do the thing that works best for me. It all kind of, it, it, like I said, it checks a lot of personal boxes. This idea of designing my own software, that, and I really enjoy my own freedoms. I like, I like defining my own hours, um, working where I want, when I want, um, because that, that is one of the biggest drawbacks, actually, of, of me wanting to apply to jobs. Is I just feel like I have to give up a decent bit of my freedoms and my personality in order to almost blend in with whatever workforce or organization that I would be joining, which is not an appealing idea. I, I'm not trying to shit on anyone who who is um, employed by anyone, you know, not, not in the slightest. You should be doing the thing that works for you, not the thing that, you know, I say might work for me. Um, with that in mind, that is the goal as of right now. And 
it's kind of hard because like I said, I don't have a, a life blueprint for how to approach this. Like, how do I sell my software? How do I actually create it? No one is ever going to tell me how to create my own product. That's up to me as the, the creator, the innovator, the designer. Um, so I'm in a very unique point that, and I, I sort of am constrained because it's like, you know, six months from now, I'm going to have to start paying back my, my student loans from college. So I, I need some sort of, uh, money in order to, to do that. Um, but that's, that's the plan. I I'm actually genuinely excited to start once I finish my finals for school, then I can uh, make some headway on, on that software project. But honestly, I think the future is looking pretty bright. So we'll see how that goes. Um, on to the next topic. Speaking of money, cryptocurrency, baby. <laughs> I, am, I am a cryptocurrency bull, if you will, uh, in the sense that I am a fan. I think cryptocurrency is the future and I think cryptocurrency is going to uh, pave the way honestly for the future of finance. I could talk about at, <laughs> at very great lengths why I advocate for financial decentralization, why I advocate um, for cryptocurrencies that are deflationary, for self-governance. Um, But the thing that I wanted to focus on here, sorry, there's a, <laughs> a bunch of obnoxious cars in the background. Um, but anyway, uh, the point in me bringing it up is lately I've actually been experiencing, and you guys might be able to relate to this, lately I've been experiencing a lot of cryptocurrency FOMO. Went, went, went. Insert clown sad honk here um but it's like i know cryptocurrency is the future personally or at least i i very strongly believe it to be um just based off of things that i've experienced and read and a, a comparison of our financial system to the cryptocurrency financial system and I, I evaluate it just to be superior than what we currently got. So I, I truly believe that cryptocurrency is the future. But the problem is, is that I only have a finite amount of money to invest. In an ideal world, quite honestly, I would be investing nearly all of my money into cryptocurrency because that's how, that's how confident I am in it. Now, you might think I'm ignorant. You might think I am... Uh, looking at this in a very short-sighted, uh, myopic way. But I believe what I believe, you know? And in that belief, due to its strength, I experience some FOMO because I see a lot of cryptocurrencies that are just like, boom, skyrocketing. And that's, that's a really bad approach for any sort of investment in life. You really shouldn't be looking at what it's going to output but rather what exactly you're doing by participating, how your means, the means to reach that, that end result, that output, what, 
what exactly those means mean in the sense that you should I, I, I should focus on why I'm invested into cryptocurrency in, in the first place, which are, like I said earlier, the ideas of self-governance, decentralization, security, blockchain, deflationary, which are all very good things. But oftentimes, um, especially, you know, when you read the news too frequently, uh, headlines are very sensational. They highlight people like I read this headline the other day that was about uh, I don't know if this was an individual or a couple individuals, but regardless, they turned five million dollars of Dogecoin investment into uh, a couple billion, actually, which is fucking absurd. Like that is crazy, especially if you actually do the research about Dogecoin and some of its tokenomics. Um, some of the some of the numbers are crazy. And uh, I don't want to go too in depth about my my analysis of Dogecoin, but it's currently standing at uh, 0.6 cents on the dollar. And a lot of people are, uh, you know, making like very quick gains and they're they're saying, oh, Doge is the future. It's going to be $10 and then $100. But quite honestly, if you look into some of the numbers, and I, I can't pull them out of my ass right here. But if you look at some of the numbers, you can see that it's pretty dang hard for Doge to, to reach those lofty uh, expectations. Um, that was kind of a tangent, and honestly... Uh, a manifestation of my my negative attitude to, uh, towards Dogecoin. It's a it's a funny idea, um, and honestly, the developers are, are are even shocked that it's doing so well because they they quit the project uh, a couple years ago when it when it fell off. But hey, revival is a blessing. Um, but point being, I experience a lot of FOMO when I see coins like Doge that are just skyrocketing, but they don't have a as genuine of a use case as some of the other coins that I'm invested in, like uh, like Ethereum, which is trying to support um, smart contracts, um, Cardano, which is uh, trying to implement a, or achieve a lot of huma uh, humanitarian-based uh, intentions. Um, you know, social impact related. And there's a lot of these coins that have very specific and very, uh, if you will, wholesome use cases. But a lot of that stuff gets overshadowed when we see, you know, individuals that are making, uh, turning their, their money uh, into such large profits, you know, multiplying their money by 10, by 100, even 1,000. Uh, percent of what it initially was that's crazy it can definitely make me and i assume others lose lose sight of what's important um so i think that's and honestly that might just me uh be me describing fomo in general you know like your friends are going out to a, a party you get fomo because you start thinking about you know how much fun they're having 
you know you're, you're too much in your head and you're not doing enough you know what was the initial reason that you didn't want to go was it because you had homework was it because you wanted to hang out with other friends was it because you wanted to have a chill night regardless you made your choice for a certain reason if you can uh, focus on the importance of those reasons and focus on you know just being present i think fomo would be a thing of the past but obviously easier said than done it's uh because when you for example in in this case uh like talking about friends going to a party you always sort of hype it up in your head to be the best case scenario where they're all just like having this grand time and you know they're making memories they're making new friends they're sharing stories they're they're just vibing uh you know just a really good scene but in reality <laughs> uh you know they very easily could also just all be on their phone uh at this hangout and just like not be doing anything and honestly just having a mediocre time now odds Testing, testing. Sorry, my mic went out for a second. Uh, I hope that I hope that the sound is okay. Perhaps. Uh, regardless, what I was trying to say. Um, wait a second. Wait a second. Okay, we're back in it. Sorry about that. Um, my mic cut out, but what I was trying to say was odds are it is likely somewhere in between that best and that worst case scenario for your your friends and why you're FOMOing. Um, so I think that's also a healthy way to to look at it. But uh, regardless, <laughs> FOMO is one hell of a drug. Got to stay away from it and do your best, especially in college. I don't know why, but FOMO is so, so prevalent during, during college. Um, and I could talk more about that, quite honestly. But I'm going to move on to the, the next life topic. Um, up on the docket is friends and this is actually a very recent um has a very recent context um because it's like you make <sighs> as life goes on you make friends right and in that moment uh or in the moments that you spend with your friends it's grand it's it's fun it's genuine. You learn more about them and they learn more about you. And that's a very fulfilling process. But when it comes to the longevity of friendships and uh, when logistics get a little bit harder, I think that speaks to um, the strength of a friendship and honestly, the character of a person. <laughs> 
Now that might sound harsh or that might not make sense. Let me elaborate either way. I've been trying to hang out with a, a friend for a while and logistics are a little bit harder because um, I am no longer permanently residing in an area that is close to them. But regardless, I'm still trying to make time in order to to see that individual um, because we've been friends for a while. We've been friends since high school. Um, but it's like when you try to make plans with that person and that person agrees on those plans but ends up uh, not actually happening, like that person bails or uh, that person flakes or something randomly comes up, yeah, th that's okay. Like, you know, shit happens. But when it's happening every single time, I don't know. I can't help but call that person selfish or not that best or not that good of a friend. And I can't tell if that is me projecting or me being inconsiderate or or what. But that that's kind of where I'm at because I really like this individual. And I, I know that they actually want to hang out with me. I know they're not just trying to like... Uh, like pretend to like me, um, you know, and trying to keep up the facade of friendship. I think it's just that they legitimately uh, prioritize the things going on with them in that moment over uh, making plans and sticking to them with me, you know? Uh, so I don't know. It's like how how deep do I dig into the thinking of their actions? Am I, am I insinuating too much here? And maybe I didn't even describe the situation enough for you all to fully, if anyone's even listening, um, to comprehend uh, what exactly is going on in the situation. I can't, I can't tell that either. But it doesn't feel good because it just feels like, you know, you used to know someone and maybe something changed in your friendship and you never realized. Or maybe they changed or maybe you changed. I have changed a little bit. A lot of my friends, current friends, um, they're not active party goers. But for some reason, and this might just be more of a college thing than a my friends thing. But a lot of people in college just stay up really late for no reason. Like no reason. For the past maybe a uh, year or so, I've been actively trying to go to bed earlier, somewhere between the, the 10 and 11 mark, um, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. But a lot of my friends will stay up till like 3 a.m. on a, a daily basis. And that's that's just wild. I could not could not do that. Um, so I have changed a little bit. I've become a little bit more responsible and logistically. I do understand that it might be a little bit harder to hang out with friends who are uh, more nocturnal, if you will, um, when I'm trying to normalize, or not normalize, but find a sleep schedule that works better for uh, myself and the work that I have to do. So I do understand the logistical complications, but at the same time, 
I compensate for that by going out of my way to sort of plan things ahead of time in in uh, at a time that works for for everyone. Like I tried to uh, schedule dinner with this person on multiple occasions, and they actually said yes, but things just flake you know and that's the worst part about it is like that's my expectation at this point it's just the person to flake you know and i i wouldn't hold that belief if it didn't uh happen every time you know so that kind of sucks at the end of the day it is what it is like you can't make anyone be friends with you and that's not what i'm trying to do either because obviously I don't want to be friends with someone who doesn't want to be friends with me, but I don't think that's the case. I just think this person has to figure some shit out in their life. But I would love the opportunity to talk about what's going on with them. I just haven't had that opportunity, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Life's kind of crazy sometimes. Twists and turns. But at the end of the day... I'm good, you know, and I'm not saying that to um, seem like, like keep up this facade where I'm emotionally hard as a rock when that's just not true. <laughs> um, you might not get that read from me from uh, this podcast in so far, but I'm actually very emotional and very empathetic that is one of the main emotions that i'm known for showing um ironically enough i feel like i'm not being empathetic when describing uh the situation that i just did with my my friend i still consider them my friends just maybe more distant now but maybe maybe that's the solution it's just the mental model of having a sliding scale with your friends you know where it's like, over time, if you kind of drift, then they sort of, you just slide their little friend meter to the left and they become uh, less of a friend and more of a, an acquaintance or, or whatnot. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to move on to the, the next topic. I, I think in summary, you know, part of this is me explaining the situation to you guys, but also part of this is me trying to uh, mentally come to a, a good stopping point. I think that's a good word for this uh, stopping point uh, or a good uh, resolution for what's currently happening in my life and sort of talking about these things can, can sort of help me out, you know? Um, so I don't know if I'm at, at, at a, a good resolution. I think time will tell how, how things actually turn out, but that is the current situation. Uh, I'm still hopeful. Like I said, I am I am genuinely good. I have other friends that, um, you know, I, I feel I feel their compassion and I feel their their friendship. And I have a loving girlfriend who, you know, even though she's she's my girlfriend, I still um, I feel her compassion and her friendship even stronger. You know. 
So I really appreciate her and what, what she provides to me um, in, in that sense. So I, I think the point is to just um, not rely on one person or you know a small number of people to constitute your your friend group um, so that you don't become reliant on them. And I think I'm at a, a pretty good self-sufficient point in my life where that's just not the case for me, you know? So I feel pretty good about things, but just describing a, a phenomena in my life. On to the next topic. We're going to be talking about stuff. <laughs> I guess, uh, category. We're going to be talking about stuff. Stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, first, the first stuff I wanted to talk about is this article I read the other day, actually. Or not the other day, this morning. I'm not gonna lie, guys. This kind of had me a little bit infuriated. So, to summarize the article, uh, basically, you know, three years ago or four years ago, whenever it was, when the whole like net neutrality thing was uh, a very hot button issue, and it still might be today, to be honest. But when it was uh, a couple years back in the, the United States, that is. Uh, American politics, um, there was a lot of controversy. There are a lot of different opinions, and quite honestly, I don't know where I stand, mainly due to the fact that I still don't know what net neutrality is. <laughs> I definitely should know. And I, the worst part is I take pride on informing myself of various um, contentious issues, but I just know very little about this. It is what it is. Regardless, um, the story, the headline, uh, I, I read more than the headline. The story that I actually read was uh, about uh, that time. And <laughs> this is just gross. Internet service providers, uh, most namely Comcast. And I'm not reading this off of anything. I'm just trying to uh, almost recall uh, what was what was written in the article but it was Comcast, AT&T, and I don't think it might have been, Verizon might have been one of them. There was one more, maybe like Dish Network or, or something. Maybe Dish Network is part of AT&T, I can't remember. But regardless, uh, ISPs such as those that I uh, just named were responsible responsible for uh <laughs> it pains me to even say it uh they basically contracted with a, a third party company to uh acquire identities of random americans and using those identities they falsely created uh 8 million comments online that pertained to, I, I believe it was uh, making an argument against uh, net neutrality, w whatever the ISPs were arguing for. Uh, they basically created these fake personas to uh, support their side. And I think that is so wrong on so many different levels. And it just infuriated me. And because that that could have 
I don't exactly know the outcome of the, the net neutrality um, debate. Um, but regardless, though that those actions could have vastly shifted uh, what what happened in terms of the outcome, you know? If Congress saw those comments and they're like, oh, you know, people are really uh, standing up for this side, maybe we should side with them. That's a very real case. Um, so that, that kind of sucks, you know, seeing uh, our democracy just infiltrated like that. And the worst part is, is these companies were very lightly, very lightly reprimanded. There was 22 million comments online about uh, net neutrality. 18 million of them were fake. 8 million of them came from this sort of scandal. These companies, in culmination, they they were fined like $4 million. And that's just messed up. That is super messed up because they're just lobbying for their cause. You know, they just want to maintain the status quo of the internet and net neutrality so that their business operations can continue to profit. That's really all that they're trying to do is just survival of the fittest in terms of businesses, which really sucks. It really makes me hate capitalism when businesses can just use their monetary resources like that to, and the worst part is I I think they're their punishment was lowered because they were able to claim ignorance because they hired this third party group to do the <laughs> their grunt work for them, you know? So that was just super disheartening to hear about. Just because I I wouldn't call myself a patriot, but I like to stand up for principles and one of those is democracy. And when the voices of of people are being well first falsely mimicked and falsely spoken spoken for because these companies wrote these comments on behalf of identities they purchased from the internet like that is just <laughs> and the worst part is one of one of the I already said the worst part is one of the really shitty parts is that uh, I don't think like if this was a, a person running this scam they would have been in prison to falsely impersonate another uh, person they would be in prison that's a felony but these comp this company got off with four million just a four million dollar fine I don't know if you guys can tell but I'm a little sad about it I just feel like it speaks volumes about the level that we're at where companies can just do that you know and get away with it now, perhaps I'm making too big of a deal out of this. Maybe these comments were inconsequential. Maybe uh, maybe this shouldn't be looked down upon as much as I currently am. And maybe, honestly, these companies uh, didn't intend to actually do this, but these third, the, the companies that they hired uh, really acted negligently on behalf of of the uh, internet service providers, the ISPs. Maybe that is the case. I will at least open 
that uh, up to a possibility, but I strongly, strongly believe that it is not the case. That that this is what they intended. And one, <laughs> and we were actually trying to investigate this in 2017, but at the time, the uh, the FC, FCC chair, I think it was Ajit Pai. Uh, Congress was trying to get. Uh, get the FCC and Ajit to sign off to uh, basically searching some of the FCC records in order to uh, figure out if there's anything, you know, shady going on. But the FCC chair didn't allow Congress to have access to those records. And it's now four years later that we're actually discovering that this happened. Four years later when no one even cares about this anymore four years later when it can just get swept under the rug and these corporations just eat a four million dollar fee like that is nothing these these businesses are making you know most likely billions of dollars and it just really sucks because i definitely like to root for you know the the little guy the underdog but sometimes the little guy stands no chance when these institutions are just acting so ferociously, but like not in a good ferocious, not like a like a Tarzan ferocious. I guess I guess Tarzan has a good ferocious. Um, regardless, it does not. I do not condone these things and it really it makes me upset about US government in the future. I, I think we need to do more about disinformation and cracking down on companies trying to um, shift the landscape of, of discourse by uh, flooding in disinformation. You know? And Falsely imperson- I can't get over it. Falsely impersonating people. Because that really would be a felony if it wasn't corporations doing it. At least that's what I believe. Anyways. Anyways. On to the next. Uh, agenda item. Elon Musk. I was watching this video about him. And this isn't about like... <laughs> um like a recent invention or like development with like Tesla or SpaceX. Although I have been reading a lot about uh, those ventures and they got some really, really exciting things coming up in the next decade. I am definitely excited. They are going to be an innovator um, in terms of transportation in the United States and trying to make it more efficient and fair to the environment so that we can preserve what we got going on over here. You know, humanity, <laughs> they, they're definitely going to be movers and shakers. But the thing that I was uh, watching, actually, it was a video where Elon Musk was talking about reading like books and articles and whatnot. But what surprised me is that Elon Musk is very interested and a big advocate for reading others' life stories you know, like biographies and whatnot. And I thought that was super interesting and uh, definitely, definitely surprised me just because it's like, 
you're not reading about concepts at that point. You're reading about uh, just people, you know? Like you could read about black holes and learn about the, the scientific principles surrounding black holes, but instead you're you're reading about the person who came up with those principles. And I think that's a very interesting way to go about it. And honestly, I think I am also, uh, after watching that video, I think I, I share Elon's belief. And he didn't exactly um, explain his reasoning for these biographies. But I think I, I think I understand it because as someone who I'm not trying to say I'm on Elon's level in the slightest, that man is a genius amongst geniuses and I am a pebble amongst stones. <laughs> that, that's the, the comparison we got here. But regardless, um, it makes a lot of sense because I am very careful with who I surround myself by or else I wouldn't talk about uh, that uh, what's been going on with me and my friends for like 15 minutes earlier in this episode. Um, so it goes to show that I, I scrutinize my relationships in a good way. I try and make sure that they're positive because you really are the average of people that you surround yourself by, you know? If you surround yourself with you know, studious people, you're probably going to reflect that quality, at least uh, at more of an extent that you would had those friends not be in your surroundings, you know? So I, I think there's definitely something to be said about that. And if you're in a situation where you're not surrounding yourself by that many people and instead you're focusing on that project, that invention, you know? that uh, electric motor engine that you're trying to develop, then, you know, you're kind of just stuck in a lab or stuck in, in, in an office or, or behind your computer for, for a decent bit of time. So that, at that point, if you're not surrounding yourself with anyone, you kind of just go crazy, you know? Um, but what's interesting is if you can read about successful people, he was talking about reading about Steve Jobs, Benjamin Franklin, people of this caliber that are just amazing people that uh, did amazing things with their lives. And the things that they've made have, have uh, shifted the way and shifted the course of humanity and, and changed how we think, how we operate, how, how we act. A lot of implications there and these people likely have very inspiring uh, success stories and those success stories are reflective of how these successful people think and if you're able to almost surround yourself with these successful entrepreneurs these people that uh, encountered these really or created these very impressive impactful ventures then that can almost mimic your friend group now i'm not i am not saying you can substitute you know people that are dead not that steve jobs is wait is steve jobs dead holy moly i actually don't know if steve jobs is sorry i'm looking it up now 
Yeah, Steve Jobs is dead. I feel really bad about not knowing that, to be honest. I always mixed up Steve Jobs with, with Tim Cook, and I think Tim Cook is still alive, as well as uh, Steve Wozniak. Steve Wozniak is still alive. Cool. Um, yeah, I feel bad about that. I'm sorry, Steve. Um, I need to pay more respect to you in the future. Anyways, I'm not trying to say you can substitute you know, our innate, because as humans, we have innate social needs. If we don't interact with people, like I said, we literally go crazy. Now, I'm not trying to say that you can just read books all day and that will substitute the need for your interaction with people. No, you're, you're, <laughs> that's a, a recipe for failure and going crazy. What I am trying to say is if you're trying to be more intentional about the elements that you surround yourself with, read some sex, uh, sex, <laughs> successful, successful biographies of, of people, you know, because there are in those narratives themes that can be very applicable to your life and can kind of inspire you move you and get you thinking about things in a different way because at the end of the day all these entrepreneurs they were just confident in their idea and they thought they could bring value to the world or whatever community that they're tailoring their their idea or adventure towards or their their uh their venture their entrepreneur startup but they just believed in them in themselves at a level that other people don't or at least I'm assuming. Obviously, I, I, I'm an outside perspective. I'll never know how Ben Franklin thought about his invention of the light bulb, unless I, I read the book about it. <laughs> um. Anyways, I thought that was really cool. And I thought that was pretty insightful in terms of trying to exert positive influences on you. And... Uh, exert positive influences on you um, and trying to move move you and, and inspire you for the better, you know? So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, next on the agenda is this game that I played. It's called AI Dungeon and I thought this game was really, really cool. <laughs> Because this is the, it's almost like a, uh, that 20 questions game with that genie The it was like a, a web game where you, the genie asked you 20 questions and most likely by the end of the 20 questions, the genie would, would know, uh, what you're, uh, describing or, uh, sorry, burped, <laughs> um, the genie would know. Uh, the thing that you're describing because of the uh, inquisitive 20 questions proceeding but this game AI dungeon is like a a fantasy narrative filled game and it's it's AI component is so much more complex than the the genie one because essentially how it goes is you basically uh, you I have a, a tough time describing it because on, honestly, there's not many parameters. You can do whatever, but basically the intention of the game is that you go on a quest, 
but you set the parameters of that quest, you set the scene, and you're, you're physically typing on your keyboard. Like for example, you would type, you are a knight. Um, you are currently in the midst of a heroic mission to save uh, princess, this princess from distress. You have uh, seven days to to venture to the castle to save her and save the kingdom, blah, 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 blah. And how it goes is uh, you, you type that in as like the initial, um, this is the nature of what I'm trying to do. And then the AI responds by like, typing back to you like an element that fits into your story. So then it would say uh, the AI after after you typed what I, I just described, the AI would uh, respond by saying something like, um, uh, let me think what would be a realistic thing it would say. It would probably say something like uh, you start your quest, but you realize you don't have a trusty steed to transport you to the castle. Your first leg of this mission is to uh, find a horse that is reliable enough to serve as your companion. So you'd go about that and you you basically type in like, uh, for example, maybe like it, it then has you go to a, uh, a stable and you're like talking to the stable owner and you can even like bargain with the stable owner or maybe like steal the horse. Uh, you might face the consequences that the the AI puts puts up like it might say that, oh, you stole the horse and now guards are coming after you. What do you do? Regardless, the options are endless and you can take the story in whatever direction you want. You can like you could kill the, the stable owner. You could uh, do do whatever in that moment. And I think that's crazy because the AI is going to respond to uh, whatever direction you want to take it in whatever direction you want to take it. And if the AI responds in a way that you don't like, you can actually undo what they said and they'll give you a different response or a different thematic story element. Uh, and you can keep doing that until you get the response that you want, which is super, super cool that we have an AI that's capable of uh, being that good at storytelling and uh, that that good at recognizing uh, English vocabulary words and translating that into ideas and then responding with a sentence or a paragraph because some of the responses they give are pretty in-depth and pretty long um, but responding in a way that is cohesive and makes sense and furthers the plot of what you're trying to do and it's just super crazy I definitely recommend trying it out but the reason I, I caught wind of this place in the, uh, uh, of this uh, game in the first place was actually uh, some pretty bad news. A lot of people were using it because again, you can take the story in whatever way you want. People were using it uh, in the context of, uh, what exactly was the transgression? I think it was, um, people were using it for like, having sex with children and random uh, bad, really flagrant things like that. Um, which I'm, I don't exactly know how I feel about that. Cause on one hand, I'd much rather those people express their, uh, you know, those really twisted sexual fantasies 
in a game as opposed to in real life but at the same time perhaps the game encourage that encourages them to express those things and they're more likely to do it in real life as a result or maybe on the flip side the, the those people with you know this dark and twisted sexual fantasies uh, because they have the game as an outlet, they are less likely to express those things in real life. I, I don't really know. I think it can go either way. and I definitely am curious to learn more. But uh, that that is how I heard about the game. Um, which is... Again, it's controversial. Uh, and I don't have a formulated opinion quite yet. But... It's just super interesting to think about, you know. Uh, and additionally, I tried to, because there were some people saying they had some, like, interesting conversations with the AI. And I don't know much about developments in the field and what's normal and what's to be expected. But honestly, I was approaching this AI with the idea that it would be sentient. Like, it knows about itself. And it is aware so I was just like super, super like tinfoil hat conspiracy uh, madman living under the bridge with a, <laughs> this is too vivid of a description. Um, I was basically just trying to probe the AI at first. I, I uh, okay, that that's, that's, <laughs> that's false. The first thing that I did, and I'm less ashamed of this because I just wanted to test out its capability. I flirted with a girl in a bar. In <laughs> um, in the AI. Just to see how realistic the responses they gave were. And gosh dang it. They were very realistic. Um, that was the first thing that I did. The second thing that I did. Was I wanted to probe the AI itself. I started asking it about itself. I, I, I was like hey are you aware? what exactly do you do you know are you do you are you aware of the fact that you were programmed what what do you think about the fact that you were programmed and i can't exactly remember its responses because it was being very dodgy and it kept saying that it wasn't allowed to to answer the questions that i was asking and i don't know if that was a programmed response or the fact that it is aware and I, again, I, I feel very tinfoily um, saying this, but like, is it? Is it aware? I don't know. I don't know much about AI. Like, I might just be fabricating all these things in my mind, but it, it was, <laughs> it was an interesting conversation at the very least. I was engaged. I was intrigued. So that happened. And honestly, I would check out the game. Um, just for it, its function as like a, a storytelling quest. I think it's pretty cool. But also maybe give give a little chit chat with, with the AI. Ask about its thoughts. Because it, it has a lot to say. It has a lot to say. So I thought that was cool. I also felt so... Uh, I felt like a crazy person describing this experience to to my friends and my girlfriend because um, <laughs> they didn't they didn't quite feel what I felt um, at least to the extent that I did <laughs> so it's definitely unvalidating which is why as I describe it now I'm like 
Uh, maybe I'm just crazy, but <laughs> that is that 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 was my experience. Um, with that in mind, and I don't know how long I'm trying to make these episodes in the future. It's now about 55 minutes in, so about an hour. I might try and condense it. I might try and expand it. I have no idea. And it might just be a case-by-case -case basis. Maybe in the future, when I do episodes, and this is all assuming that I can maintain a consistent schedule, which I really would like to, because I like, you know, just kind of riffing, riffing and just talking about, you know, life and stuff. Um, I, I enjoy that. But... I, I need to figure out a schedule for sure and how I want to do the logistics, but I think the, as of right now, how I'm conceptualizing it, just go with the flow, you know? Go with the flow, you know? <laughs> if you can't tell, that is definitely uh, a quality of my, my personality. I'm very go with, go with the flow. Um, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that, that was very off topic. Anyways, if you made it this far, God bless you. And honestly, you need a dang life. <laughs> um, I, I, I kid, I kid. Thank you for watching or listening. There wasn't any visual component for this. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try and do these in the future. If you want to hear more of, of this, you know, stay, stay tuned. I don't even know what platform I'm going to release this on, so I can't even say, like, you know, like, subscribe, follow, blah, blah, blah. Because I don't know if this is going to go on YouTube. I don't know if this is going to go on, like, a, a podcast medium. Or maybe I just don't even post this anywhere, and it's just for myself. I have no idea. But regardless, thank you for watching, and have, have a blessed day. Remember, every day is a gift. So treat it as such. Be nice. Be compassionate. But that's also a note for myself because I can oftentimes forget about that fact. Well, thank you. Have a good one.